0: NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle. From the Bricker Studios. On Classic IS 967 WBI. On ESPN 1430 AM. And at 105.7 FM WFOB. The sports huddle is brought to you by NWO Orthopedics. Fricker's Warner Automotive. By Blanchard Valley Health System, Rotor Rooter, Big B Coffee. By Northwestern Water and Sewer District. Wilson Tire. Grit. By MJ Brown Construction Company. Premier Bank. Campus Poly I. By Financial Design Insurance Agency. Snyder's Flooring Outlet. Ohio Ohio Auto Supply, Seneca Millwork, Five Star Maintenance, and by the Rumpy Corporation. And now, let's go live to Lance and Matt from the Fricker Studios for the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle.
1: Welcome on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios here on ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM WFOB, and classic it's 96.7 WBVI Lance Morris. Matt Kattman here with you. Thank you for making us a part of your Wednesday night. Matt, how are you doing?
2: You know, I'm doing good, man. Uh, uh, things are good. I'm looking forward to the weekend of sports. It's been a fun week already. We got a great show on deck for you tonight. And correct me if I'm wrong, this is our last one before Turkey Day. We might do something next week. I mean, we'll, we'll, put, we'll throw something together. But this is like the last official full-on thing. I believe before Turkey Day, just in case. A very happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there who's listening in advance. But we'll probably throw something together next week as well. But yeah, I'm I, I'm good. I'm excited. We got some more playoff football. We we had thirteen. We're down to one. So I'm I'm very very excited about Elmwood this Friday night. And you know, got a great show. Let's get after it.
1: On this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios, we'll of course talk with Kevin Harris, writer from Meet at Midfield, awful announcing and the comeback to talk Ohio State football. Last Saturday, they get the win against Indiana. This Saturday, they'll take on Maryland. We'll hear from Kevin in just a few minutes. We'll also talk with Elmwood head football coach Greg Bishop. The Royals able to avenge their lone loss in the regular season by knocking off Eastwood last week. This Friday, they will play Liberty Center for a regional title. And we might not be physically at the Frickers in Finley, but stop in for their daily specials. Monday, Boneless Frickin' Chicken Wings Day. Tuesday, Frickin' Chicken Wings Day. Tonight, you can get their sirloin steak dinner. Thursday, their Frickin' Chicken Chunks. Kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. You can pick up from the carryout window, dine in, or get delivery through DoorDash. All those daily specials are dine-in only. And download the Frickers app, find them online at Frickers.com. And, of course, join us on Friday for our coverage of high school football. We'll have coverage of the regional finals in Division 5, Region 18, the Elmwood Royals, taking on the Liberty Center Tigers winner. will secure their place in the state Final Four. Matt Cottman and Tom Grine will have that one for you Friday on both WFOB and WBVI. Matt, it'll be a be a good uh, good opportunity to see Elmwood this Friday. You'll be at uh, at Perry'sburg, so nice uh, nice little venture from you over from uh, from the nether parts of Cleveland. What uh, what are you hoping to see uh, this Friday night?
2: Oh well, first of all, to have my glorious play-by-play skills be on display, I'm I'm looking forward to that immensely. But <laughs> no, it's not, I'm I'm thinking it's gonna be a very fun game. It should be a great game to watch. I I'm really looking forward to the battle between um the ground game for both these teams. I think it's gonna be one of those nasty, cold ground and pound type of games, kind of like what we saw, you know, last week between LCC and Macomb, but. Uh, man i'll tell you what there are so many good players on this um (laughs) on this elmwood team this year and liberty center has just had a phenomenal run as well i I think it's gonna go down as an all-time great i'm really confident this is gonna go down as one of those all-time great kind of games because you you really couldn't have picked a better closeout for this region than those two teams going at i mean for for ourselves as broadcasters, we could have picked a few better ones, you know, to have some job security kind of matchup situation. But no, this this should be a great matchup between these two. I'm really looking forward to it. It's it's gonna be a good ground game back and forth. And with the weather, it's supposed to be cold, it's the potential to be gross outside. It's just it's just vintage fall, late fall, potential early winter. High school football in Ohio. You can't ask for anything better than that. So make sure you tune in.
1: With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk with Kevin Harris, writer from Meet at Midfield, along with Awful Announcing and the comeback here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios on Classic. It's 96.7 WBVI and ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB
3: everyday values are at only one place, Frickers. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings. Tuesday, traditional frickin' chicken wings. Wednesday is all about that steak. Thursday, frickin' chicken chunks. Frickers, where kids 10 and under eat free every day. Remember draft beer specials, everyday values, and kids eat free every day. The home for money saving value is the home for fun, food, sports,
1: and spirits, Frickers. Hey, Hardin County, Allen County, and Putnam County residents. NWO now can serve your local orthopedic and physical therapy needs a bit closer to home. We are now located in Bluffton at 132 Guru Street, right across from Bluffton Hospital. We provide the same great standard that NWO always offers, and we are now accepting patients wanting to be seen in our Bluffton office. Take your orthopedic and physical therapy needs to NWO. There's only one place to go, NWO. Hi, this is Don from the Classic Hits Morning Show, and I've just heard that not
4: all roofs are created equal. Is that true? That is true, Don. It's solely dependent on the people installing it. Hi, folks, this is Matt from MJ Brown Roofing Construction Company in Tiffin, Ohio. We're a family-owned company that's been in business since 1936. We're a full-service roofing contractor that have been working on both residential and commercial roofs. So no matter what type of roof you want, we have the expertise and the crews needed to install and maintain your roof for years to come. Call 419-447-5866. for for a free, no-obligation inspection and quote today.
1: Are you looking for a job with a great company? The Ropey Corporation has several positions available. They have general labor positions with a starting pay of $18.84 an hour with a raise after 90 days. These are full-time positions that work second shift from 2 p.m. until 10 p.m. There's also an opening for a CDL Class A truck driver. To apply, go to Ropey.com and find career opportunities under the company tab. Come work for one of Northwest Ohio's best companies, privately held and family-driven. Welcome back on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle here from the Frickers Studios on ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM WFOB, and Classic, it's 96.7 WBVI. Lance Morse Matt Godman here with you this Wednesday night. Last Saturday, the Ohio State Buckeyes got the win over Indiana. This Saturday, they take on Maryland. You can listen to Buckeye football all season long on WFOB. We're now pleased to be joined by Kevin Harris, writer from Meet at Midfield, along with awful announcing and the comeback here in the Frickers Zoom room. Kevin, how you doing? Pretty good. How about you, Lance? Oh, not not too bad, but uh, sadly, I guess, so to speak, in terms of the actual interview part of this, we have to kind of go back to how it had been the last couple weeks when it's Ohio State rolling through a team the way they rolled through Indiana what were what were some of your big takeaways for uh, for the win this weekend
4: yeah I mean obviously there's pretty much nothing negative to talk about if you <laughs> take out the the injury to Mayan Williams and uh Travion Henderson getting scratched but um yeah I, I think Ohio State pretty much dominated that game on both sides of the ball um you know it it wasn't totally unexpected Indiana really is one of the worst teams in FBS this year especially towards the end of the season but Um, Yeah, I I think it's really what Ohio State fans wanted to see. Um, I I mentioned last week, like you couldn't really evaluate this team based on what you saw against Northwestern because of the weather, uh, because of the way that Northwestern could play Ohio State because they knew they couldn't throw the ball. Um, And so you really didn't know if the running game was fixed or um, they were doing anything creative on on the running game. Or if it was going to work because you know they were running against a team that knew they were going to run the ball every play, but you know I I really was really impressed with the way that they ran the ball um, against Indiana and I mean with Indiana too Indiana's strength of its team is uh strength of its defense is its run defense um you know its its pass defense is far worse than its run defense so um, the way that it, that Ohio State was able to come in and really dominate the line of scrimmage. You know, the Indiana's linebackers are by far their best part of their team and they were pretty much unaffected Um, and I don't, I don't know, it was it was it was a really strong performance. I really liked the way that they were able to run the ball on the ground. Even after Mayan Williams, you know, uh left the game with an injury, they really still dominated the line of scrimmage. And um you had you saw Dallin Hayden and Xavier Johnson even getting in there. Uh Xavier Johnson had a huge run and Dallin Hayden looked pretty good at, between the tackles. So um <clears throat> Yeah, it's a, it was a, a solid um solid win, even uh, despite the injury.
1: And one thing that was nice to see was even kind of in spite of the weather not being ideal, it was snowing a little bit, it was cold, it was a little windy, even though not even close to what it was uh, in that Northwestern game. But you take all, all that into consideration and then you add on, oh yeah, and CJ Stroud was able to quote-unquote bounce back and have himself a nice, uh, nice game. What did you think of uh, his play and really kind of what everyone was able to do, even with the weather being a part of the game, even though it, like we said, wasn't wasn't as bad as the winds were in that Northwestern game.
4: Oh yeah, I mean it was. That was kind of what I, I mentioned when uh, when I talked last week about how um, you know Ohio State didn't play well in the weather against Michigan last year. The weather that they saw against Indiana this year is much more, you know, consistent with the weather that they saw last year against Michigan than the weather against Northwestern was. You know, this was more realistic end of November Big Ten weather that they could see, and it really didn't affect Ohio State at all. So uh, I, I think that's really what you wanted to see. Um, the passing attack looked totally fine. Um, Ohio State, you know, really, got, they got Cade Stover involved in the passing game a lot. Um, Really versatile passing attack, you know, they're getting the ball in the perimeter and stuff like that, too. So um, all in all, it was it was what you want to see if you're an Ohio State fan, because like you said, the the elements, the slight snow, the little wind, it didn't really affect Ohio State uh, in in the passing game. And they were able to run the ball on the ground anyway. So um, that's that's what you want to see.
1: This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios. Lance Morris talking here with Kevin Harris from Meet at Midfield, along with Awful Announcing and the Comeback here in the Frickers Zoom room. And if if someone had told you, hey, Marvin Harrison's going to have an awesome, unbelievable catch, which I feel like we've talked about this almost every week. If someone would have told you he's going to have an awesome catch, and then it'll be overshadowed by multiple catches in the NFL on Sunday what would your response have been and what were your thoughts kind of in real time when you saw that catch
4: oh yeah I, it was it was wild like i i don't think i don't think it's one of those that you don't really compute how good it was until you watch it um over a few times and even just um looking back at the 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 replays and the, like the still shots of it even it was insane like his whole body is carrying him outside and he just like is able to move his other foot in and I mean just just looking at the the like still shots of it my knee would have exploded if if it came down like that but um insane athleticism I like didn't somehow like didn't even moderately injure himself or anything like that because he's running down the field the rest of the game it just crazy and I mean we see crazy crazy catches like that from him you know, all the time, it was just inc- incredible body control. Um, But yeah, I, I mean, he's, you see the, you're, you mentioned the catches by Justin Jefferson and Stefan Diggs and stuff like that this, this weekend. And I, I think Marvin Harrison jr is just right up there with them in terms of what he's able to catch. You know, like, I think that increasingly these receivers are coming out of high school, just like ready to um, make, best catches you've ever seen and i i I think just the receivers coming out of high school are getting better and better and the receivers coming out of college are getting better and better as teams continue to throw the ball more and more it really all levels of football and so i think just like we've seen quarterback play elevate really across the board in high school college and the nfl I, i think we're seeing that with uh receivers now too and marvin harrison jr is a perfect example of that now it probably helps that his dad's a hall of famer right um you know he he has he has training right at home he's not like he had to go far to to learn how to be an elite receiver but like i I saw people saying online like he is it's like he's his hall of fame dad it's like he's his hall of fame dad but bigger stronger more athletic and with better hands so um it's, it's kind of wild. Like I, I don't really know that many instances where you've got somebody that is, that is genuinely great at a sport and then their son comes in and is like better, you know, usually like the son is like fine or the dad wasn't that good uh, to begin b- the with. The exception,
1: but. I guess, Steph Curry.
4: Yeah. Yeah. that That's, that's probably up there too. Um, I, the Griffies too, like I, I, Ken Griffey, like Ken Griffey senior was, he was, he was darn good too, but yeah. and Griffey was obviously way better. His son. But, we, we could yeah, do we could do just, a whole
1: another show about different athletes and how they compare to their dad because even just saying that I think oh uh, Arch Manning had Peyton and Eli and then their yeah. other kid Cooper has now Arch really? Manning who's going
4: to be yeah. at Texas <laughs> An- next another, year. Another good one is uh is actually in in house at Ohio State um the Bosa's. John Bosa was yeah. legitimately really 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 good in the NFL before he you know suffered a career ending knee injury. And both of his sons are better than he was. So, yeah, there, there, there are a few, but I think generally speaking, when you've got somebody like who's genuinely great, like you think of like LeBron James, like Bronny James was not set up for success because right. if he's not the best player in the world. He's going to be not as good as his dad was. But, um, you know, Marvin Harrison was one of the best receivers in the world and his son comes in and is maybe better. So
1: and he's only a sophomore in college.
4: Right, yeah, he he has to come back. The rules dictate that he has to play against college kids again for an entire year, which is hilarious.
1: Uh, Talking with Kevin Harris here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios Classic. It's 96.7 WBVI, ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB. Let's stick with the offense for a moment and and another nice moment you have with uh, Cameron Babb, who had been through injury after injury after injury, and he's able to have a nice moment, get a get a touchdown on Saturday. What can you tell us about you know just how bad his injury history is and was, and how nice of a moment was to see him get a chance to get into the end zone?
4: Yeah, so he has torn each ACL in his knee twice, so a total of four ACL tears across both knees um, since his senior year of high school, I believe. So he maybe it was his junior year but either way he suffered one knee injury in high school and then suffered another one his freshman year and then two more throughout his Ohio State career so um his his knees are not not doing well have not been kind to him and he was he really came to Ohio State as like a a, a really you know highly sought, sought after recruit he was a four-star guy a top 100 receiver um and you know I've by all accounts, he was going to play his freshman year. Um, but you know, that, that injury kept him sidelined, but, um, he's just been, I mean, you don't, you don't react that way to just like a regular guy getting his touchdown. It wasn't just like a feel good moment. Like everybody was like happier for him to score than anyone else could have been for like their own, their own success. You know, um, they just like straight up mobbed him. They celebrated so hard that (laughs) They couldn't even kick the extra point in time and they got a delay of game (laughs) on it. Um, But like, I think that just goes to show you what this guy means in the locker room um, and has meant in the locker room. He was a, he was a captain last year and this year, Ohio state, even like would earlier this season, I don't remember which road trip it was, but they got a special waiver for him to be able to come and be a team captain and a, a vocal leader for them uh even though he wasn't able to play so he didn't count against the travel roster but like a guy like that you know it's just it, it shows you just what it, he means to the team um just the reaction that way and, and and the other thing is like that play was 100% designed to go to him um you saw the way Ryan Day was celebrating if you watched the game like just throwing both hands in the air like he was almost the happiest he's been all season that Cameron Babb was able to get in and, and get that touchdown. So um, just crazy and insane perseverance. You know, uh, I think I'd I'd probably tap out after one ACL injury. <laughs> Definitely two, but he had four ACL injuries and uh, is, is back scoring a touchdown for the Buckeyes. So it's pretty cool.
1: And looking ahead to this weekend, Ohio State will take on Maryland six and four on the season. Some nice wins, Buffalo, Charlotte, SMU, Michigan State, Indiana, and Northwestern, and they've lost to some good teams and some average to below-average teams in the Big Ten, uh, Michigan, Purdue, Wisconsin, and Penn State. What are you looking forward to seeing uh, in this matchup with Maryland?
4: I think this is really, if you look at teams across the country that have good passing attacks, like a Tennessee or um, a TCU, this is really one of the better passing attacks in the Big Ten. I hesitate to say the country, but like they've got some real talented quarterback. Uh, Tuelia Tungovailoa, um, which is Tua Tungovailoa's brother, is uh, their starting quarterback. Um, he's a you know, he's he's legitimately good. He's a top five passer in the Big Ten. Um, so he's he's doing solid. Um, he's got a really good weapon. He's got a former five star receiver that Ohio State actually recruited. Um, I believe he would have been in the same class as Jackson Smith and Jigba, Julian Fleming. And um uh G Scott, who now plays tight end, but um Rakim Jarrett is a former five star recruit in 2020. Um he is by far the team's best receiver. And I mean he's a legitimate weapon. Um, you don't really become a five-star receiver without being as, as explosive as he is, but uh you know they're they're a really good passing attack, and so I don't really think there's been that many teams in the Big Ten that have threatened Ohio State downfield. Um I think Penn State to a point, but it's still Sean Clifford and this is not Sean Clifford. So uh, I really think if you look at the defense, the, the one area that Ohio State could get better this season has been its cornerback play, especially with the ball in the air and really just playing the ball and defending um, you know, those 50-50 balls and stuff. And this will be really a chance to see how this defense does against a a team that really wants to air the ball out.
1: So they do have some weapons especially on that offensive side that that can cause problems. Is, is there anyone on the defensive side that Ohio State needs to needs to be wary of?
4: Not super. I mean they they are not a terrible defense. Um but I mean there's a reason why this also isn't like a ranked team. Um you know, and I, and I say they have a good passing attack, but like they're also not like super spectacular. They rank outside of the top 50 in every single statistical, like major statistical category. So it's not like this is an awesome team or anything like that. Um, I think really the the big thing is uh that matchup, the matchup that I'm watching, the matchup that everyone else is going to be watching is Ohio State's cornerbacks against um the uh the Maryland receivers. That Maryland really doesn't do a whole lot spectacularly on on defense, but I mean, it's an away game in the Big Ten, and Mike Locksley even said, like, I don't remember what the exact quote was, but it was basically like, um, when you're playing somebody with nothing to lose, a desperate man with nothing to lose, like anything can happen. And um, basically saying that that's kind of how Maryland is, like they have nothing in in the world to lose, and Ohio State has everything to lose. So um, one of those where Ohio State has to come out and play because Maryland can put up points in a hurry if if they uh, do some things right. So um, definitely not a game that. You want to overlook, but still a game that Ohio State should win relatively easily.
1: Talk with Kevin Harris, writer for me and I, midfield awful announcing, and the comeback here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Tunnel from the Frickers Studios. Let's take a look back at last week, and there was there was a lot that happened last week in college football. You have TCU able to hang on to beat Texas, LSU they do the same to hang on to beat Arkansas. Alabama able to beat Ole Miss. Washington pulls the upset. They beat Oregon. Notre Dame started out really, really good, and then they ended up holding on to beat Navy in a close one. Uh, UCLA, they lost again. They lost to Arizona. Uh, UCF, they beat Tulane in a ranked matchup last week. And Illinois has kind of fallen off a cliff a little bit. They lose to Purdue. So Florida State, they they beat Syracuse badly. I don't know what happened to Syracuse after that Clemson game, but since then, They've they've very much not been the same team, and we also saw Vanderbilt. They pull the upset off against Kentucky. What were uh, what were your thoughts from what we saw last week?
4: Yeah, it, re- it really was a weird weekend. I mean, there were a lot of like near upsets and upsets. Um, you know, I I think I was surprised by Illinois. Illinois, like they came out and lost to Purdue, and now the Big Ten West is in just like complete chaos. Uh, I have no idea. Nobody has any idea who's actually going to come out of the Big Ten West now. It's kind of anyone's game. I think there's technically five teams that have a a good, that have a chance, um, and three teams that kind of like lead it. But from what I understand, I don't even really know how this is mathematically possible, but I've heard it said multiple times. There isn't a single team in the big 10 West right now that controls its own destiny. Like everybody needs something else to happen technically, according to all the tiebreakers. So that's wild. But, um. Yeah, so, so the Big Ten West right now is just insane. Um, other than that, like, I mean, Tennessee kind of took care of business and uh, LSU, I, I think it's hilarious that LSU moved up in the rankings and appears to be like set to, um, with a win in, in, in the SEC championship game, like would make the playoff if, uh, if, if you know, all, all things go according to plan with two losses. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know outside of playing an Alabama team that I don't think is really good. I don't know what LSU that has proven this season that justifies them being ranked where they are, but um, I don't know. It, it, just wild stuff. That They had a pretty bad loss to Florida State where they didn't look really good at the beginning of the season. Haven't really looked like that dominant since they just won that one game against Alabama and now everybody's losing their minds about it. But um, maybe they'll lose to Texas A m or something that seems about right but um yeah I mean it was a it was a pretty interesting weekend with just a lot of stuff even if it wasn't an upset uh there was like a, a near um near upset and uh some you know landscape shaking uh games across college football uh, I th- I think even if you look at that that TCU and Texas game I think that was another big one like TCU now just has Baylor, Iowa State, and a Big Ten title game, and um, they'll end up in the playoff. So we're kind of seeing some things shake out, and uh, we're really two weeks away. This is this is kind of like the look-ahead week to um, the real big week, which is rivalry weekend, the, the last weekend. So I don't think there's that many huge games this weekend, but that doesn't mean weird stuff isn't going to happen.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about uh, some of those games uh, and the playoff ranks here in a moment, but I was reminded of something that I had completely taken out of my brain uh, this past weekend. Joe Milton, who was at Michigan, who people – I don't know who said it, but there were people that were saying, always like Cam Newton. He he then then stinks at Michigan. Transfers now, I forgot, to Tennessee. And -hmm. granted, it was garbage time, but he looked pretty good in the little bit of garbage time he got in that Tennessee game. Is he about to go to Tennessee – and make all the like people who talked about him being like cam newton next year are we gonna like look at him kind of how we're looking at hendon hooker now
4: yeah i don't know i he he was actually there last year and he was named the starter and i think he was just like horrifically bad his first game and lost the job as a starter and i it was really bizarre um the the whole conversation about him was really bizarre at michigan like i think it's michigan fans do this thing where like they'll have they're doing the same thing with Dylan McCaffrey who I I think is like or sorry with JJ McCarthy they did it with Dylan McCaffrey too but with JJ McCarthy where like he's a perfectly fine quarterback so so is Joe Milton but like they get somebody who is a semblance of competent back there and think that he's like God's gift to the quarterback <laughs> position and um, I, I think that's kind of like the syndrome that you had with Joe Milton like he had one good game one one or two good games and then um, he just like went back to mediocrity and here he is at Tennessee, but it would be hilarious like Hendon Hooker kind of had the same thing where he wasn't that good at Virginia Tech, but he get, moves into this Tennessee offense this year and, you know, kind of lights the world on fire. so um I I I wouldn't be shocked if we see him next year and just a, a really beneficial offense him coming out there and uh and putting up huge numbers, but that that seems to be the Michigan thing is they they get a quarterback that is, you know, moderately successful and uh and just latch on to him and like it's this year it seems to have jumped the shark with with jj mccarthy like I, I don't think jj mccarthy's good at throwing the ball downfield like whatsoever but they're like trumping in this like completion percentage stats and stuff so i don't know i, I didn't mean for this to turn into a <laughs> jj mccarthy slander session but i just I, I don't understand the the love for for jj mccarthy and I don't really think there is love for JJ McCarthy like outside of Ann Arbor, but um, they, they have a weird perception of quarterbacks and I get it like they haven't really had a good quarterback since like Chad Henney. So when they finally get one who's slightly competent, they get really excited, but like it doesn't mean he's actually great. Uh,
1: you that was so perfect how you described Michigan fans and their quarterback because I can't think of all the names of various Michigan quarterbacks in the past.
4: They're all the same,
1: but right. It's it's. I mean, it's not quite the Wisconsin exe- except for Russell Wilson phenomena. Yeah, but it's it's close. It's closer well, than they it probably people probably think it is.
4: They had they had a really fun stretch when they had Denard Robinson. Um, and then Devin Garner there, even though neither of those guys were like super good at throwing the ball, they were at least fun. Yeah. Um, and then it's just been, oh, horrific since then, which is hilarious because Jim Harbaugh was supposed to be like the, the quarterback guru Mm -hmm. coming in and they've just been, it's, it's, they've been horrific at the position since then.
1: I think people, I think we've, I think Harbaugh has been kind of in the landscape so long. People actually, I think, forget that he got Andrew Luck to go to Stanford
4: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like but, that and, that feels like he, ages well, ago he, he's getting like he's getting credit for like developing andrew luck it's like yo like maybe based based on how we've seen this at michigan maybe jim harbaugh developed like like andrew luck came despite jim harbaugh not because of jim harbaugh because like I, what what other quarterback has developed since like i just i i don't know like i you look at the rest of these quarter, like John O'Corn, Shea Patterson, Shea Patterson is a five-star guy that came out of uh, transferred from Ole Miss and mm-hmm. he was atrocious. Um, I, I can't even name most of these guys because they're all the same in my brain, but um, yeah, it, it happens like every year that they have like a few good games and people are ready to crown them the, the next King at, at Michigan. And to be fair, like JJ McCarthy was like a five-star quarterback coming out of high school. And um, I, I just, I just love that. Like, what should tell you everything that you need to know about about JJ McCarthy is that he was a five-star guy, one of the highest-rated quarterbacks in the country, um, and he really wanted to come to Ohio State. And Ryan Day took one look at him th- throwing the ball live and was like, "No, we're going to go with Kyle <laughs> McCord instead." Like, just like didn't even like. From what I understand, he like ghosted him and just like didn't return his calls, like just stopped recruiting him. And then Kyle McCord suddenly commits to Ohio State, like just after he saw him throw, he's like, no, we're, we're not going to do that. So, I mean, and, and that's what you see, He can't throw downfield. field. M- maybe I'm going to look like an idiot, like in a couple weeks, if he carves up Ohio state secondary or something like that, but like, he's really good underneath. He makes like one or two incredible plays of a, a, a game that makes you think like, oh my gosh, this guy's like an awesome quarterback. But like his average throw downfield is like 15 yards over his receiver's head. Like it's the wildest thing. It almost reminds me of like the JT Barrett syndrome at it, it Ohio state, like, and I, I love JT Barrett. I think that he was a, a really smart quarterback, a really good game manager, um, and like a, a, a comfortable quarterback, but like his stats were a lot better than what you actually saw on the field. And I think that's kind of what JJ McCarthy, uh, kind of gives, like he gets these insane completion percentages, but a lot of them are just on swing passes and dump passes and drags across the field that kind of like boosts his numbers a little bit. But when he actually has to throw the ball outside the numbers or deep downfield, it's not great. So um, yeah, I guess, I guess we'll, we'll have to revisit this uh, next week, yeah. but um, it Michigan's perception of the quarterback position is just one of the most baffling things.
1: <laughs> Talk with Kevin Harris, writer for me at midfield awful announcing and the comeback here on the NWO orthopedics sports huddle from the Frickers studios, looking at games uh, this coming weekend, not that many, Amazing games there are only two ranked matchups they are both in the pack 12, USC versus UCLA and Utah against Oregon. And there are some interesting non-ranked games though you have uh, Michigan against Illinois who we talked about earlier. Uh, Notre Dame, they play Boston College who on the surface three and seven, but they actually had a pretty uh, pretty big upset win last week against NC State. Uh, TCU, they play Baylor, Georgia plays Kentucky. Miami takes on Clemson. Maybe Miami can finally look like a good team for the first time basically all year. Oklahoma plays Oklahoma State. Uh, NC State plays Louisville. Those are some of the uh, other non-ranked games that could could be interesting. Uh, what exactly are you looking forward to uh, seeing this weekend?
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. There's three games really in particular that I think are really big for the, the college football playoff landscape. One, Michigan versus Illinois is fascinating to me because like... This, especially with Illinois losing these past two games, uh, Illinois kind of has nothing to lose at this point and they have a legitimately great defense and it stacks up perfectly against the way that Michigan likes to play the play, uh, to play offense. You know, Michigan kind of just runs the ball with Blake Corum has a really dominant offensive line. And I think that's really a strength on strength matchup. And I think like, this is a game where if Michigan is not careful Illinois could come in and win this game and I would not be stunned at all It would be hilarious you know it, with with Michigan looking ahead to Ohio State it would be you know just just a perfect scenario for them to get that upset look ahead loss to uh to Illinois so that's something to watch at noon at, at noon of all things too like yeah. it, it just it kind of stacks up perfectly um so I would not be shocked if if that's a lot closer than you would think that it should be. Um, another one is TCU Baylor. I think Baylor's a lot better of a football team than their record indicates and what they've really shown on, on, uh, on the season, but they've got a really fun offense. Their defense is pretty solid too. Um, and that's another one where like TCU seems to be coasting. They just beat Texas and it looks like they only have these two games before they, uh, go play for a big 10 title and potentially, or a big 12 title and potentially a college football playoff berth and Baylor's kind of in the way there. So that's, that's another one that I'm watching. And then obviously kind of the biggest game of the the week is that USC versus UCLA game, um, UCLA losing last week kind of took away a lot of the luster in that game, but if USC comes and gets a really big win here, um, you're talking about a one loss pac 12 champion potentially that has back to back wins against really what could be like top 20, top 16 teams between UCLA and Notre Dame, if they can get it done both ways. Um, and, and then if they win the PAC 12 championship, this is a team that I think could sneak in is maybe that fourth college football playoff team based on the way that their, their November is shaken up. And their one loss would be to, um, to a, you know, really good at, at at this point, like a, a solid Utah team. Um, so i i don't know i i I think that that's that's a team to really watch in the um in the college football playoff race because they they're kind of like non-threatening down there at like number seven right now but based on their on their um resume and what they have left on their schedule i just i i really think that they could potentially make a run Uh, and they have they're one of the few teams that can really like drastically improve their their uh college football playoff standing at this point
1: this has been kevin harris writer for me at midfield awful announcing and the comeback we of course follow you on twitter at kevinish and now on tiktok at hi i am kevin kevin thank you once again for taking the time to talk with us we'll catch up next week sounds good with that we'll step aside for a quick timeout when we come back we'll talk with elmwood head football coach greg bishop here on the nwo orthopedic sports huddle from the fricker studios Hey, Hardin County, Allen County, and Putnam County residents. NWO now can serve your local orthopedic and physical therapy needs a bit closer to home. We are now located in Bluffton at 132 Guru Street, right across from Bluffton Hospital. We provide the same great standard that NWO always offers, and we are now accepting patients wanting to be seen in our Bluffton office. Take your orthopedic and physical therapy needs to NWO. There's only one place to go, NWO.
3: Everyday values are at only one place, Frickers. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings. Tuesday, traditional frickin' chicken wings. Wednesday is all about that steak. Thursday, frickin' chicken chunks. Frickers, where kids 10 and under eat free every day. Remember, draft beer specials, everyday values, and kids eat free every day. The home for money-saving value is the home for fun, food, sports, and spirits, Frickers.
0: The word is defined as having courage or strength of character. My name is Mitch Gardner, and I am the owner of GRIT. We are a personalized health and fitness organization that will help you find the strength and courage to become the best version of you. Let my staff at GRIT encourage you to get healthy in the right way. It's time to take charge of your health for yourself, your family, and your future. GRIT is located behind Ace Hardware and Body Works 24-Hour Fitness of Tiffin. Or reach out via email at grit, at gmail.com.
5: Need new tires or tire service? Then Wilson Tire Company has you covered. Offering 15 brands of tires and providing 24-hour roadside assistance, Wilson Tire Company can get the job done. In business for over half a century, Wilson Tire Company has three convenient locations, Tiffin, Upper Sandusky, and Kenton. Wilson Tire Company offers mobile services, especially for commercial and farm applications. Check them out on the web for contact information or simply set an appointment from the comfort of your couch. Wilson Tire Company, a trusted partner for all your tire needs. Welcome back on into this
1: edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios on ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB and Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI Lance Morris Matt Common here with you tonight the Elmwood Royals heading to the regional finals this Friday after getting the win last week against Eastwood this Friday they will take on Liberty Center from Perrysburg we'll have coverage of that matchup Matt Common and Tom Grind will be live on both WBVI and WFOB this Friday night. We're now pleased to be joined here by Elmwood Head Football Coach Greg Bishop here in the Frickers Zoom Room. Coach, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Uh, Pretty good, pretty good. Thank you again for for taking the time to talk with us. Very, very much appreciate
5: it. Thanks for having me.
1: Last time we talked was uh, before the first time you guys uh, played Eastwood back in the regular season. What did you guys take away from that close back-and-forth matchup that you then come after that and win now six
5: straight? Yeah, we, um, you know, after that loss, you know, we kind of, we kind of refound ourselves, you know, offensively we played very well, defensively we didn't play so hot. And in that first time around, you know, looking back at that film, we found some things obviously that we need to fix and some things to work on. And we were able to prepare and, you know, fix those things going to the second meeting with Eastwood and take care of business last Friday. This postseason, crazy one
1: thus far for you guys, getting wins over Delta, Tenora, and Eastwood and what have been kind of the keys to getting wins so far because you know both both especially Tenora and Eastwood are programs that they've had some postseason success here in the last few years
5: yeah just taking it one week at a time and obviously region 18 is a very tough region so just taking it one week at a time and just focus on getting better every single week Um, you know focusing on having tunnel vision on our current opponent that week and Uh, You know, as there's a lot of good teams in Region 18, you only have to play them one at a time. So, you know, that's our approach is, you know, focus on the the task at hand and just keep getting better every day.
1: This is now the second straight year you guys have made a nice run so far in the postseason. I know part of that is you know getting whatever guys back from last year and getting that much better. But is there something is there something over in Bloomdale that you guys have that other places don't have? What is kind of the secret sauce, so to speak, to uh to getting runs into deep in November a couple years in a row?
5: And not nothing too secret. You know, obviously our weight room is a big part of our our program, our preparation for the season. Um, you know, our summer lifting program. You know, our other sports lift throughout their season. So that helps keep our strength up, you know, going to our football season. And, you know, obviously we have, we have a lot of talented kids and, um, you know, as coaches, we try to develop and, you know, maximize their talent and our coaching staff does a great job of that. So just, you know, just keep getting after and, you know, our focus is getting better every week. So just continue to focus on that. And, you know, that's kind of, I guess, not really secret sauce, but just more or less what we do to try, you know, continue to build the program and continue to build in the right direction.
1: This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle here from the Frickers Studios Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB Lance Morris Matt Common here with Elmwood Head Football Coach Greg Bishop and Coach lots of lots of good things have happened for you guys over the last uh, few weeks but one of the other things to keep in mind is just how rare it is to get to this point in the postseason what has kind of been some of the overall message for your guys to you know keep going through this week in the postseason because you're just one step away from being in a uh, state final four uh, type of situation.
5: Yes, this is this is the first that you know I'm with footballs that have been in the playoffs um, in the regional final, so we're excited about that. But obviously, we still have a job to do, and our message all week is just don't be satisfied with you know beating Eastwood and you know the pre- in round three. We don't want to be we have bigger goals and just beating Eastwood in the round three to get to the, to get the to where we're at now. So obviously, you know, we want to go after state titles. So we want to continue to build and continue to get better. So our message is basically just don't be satisfied with where we're at.
2: And coach, obviously looking at this team as a whole, not being satisfied with where they're at seems to be a running theme, very senior and upperclassmen, heavy squad. You got some top flight players Uh, from a coach's perspective. A little bit retro, I guess a little bit retrospective at this point, how big is it to see some of these big names like guys like Mason Oliver, who have been institutions at Elmwood, be part of this big turnaround? And now that they're in this position from a coach and I guess proud coach standpoint, how does it make you feel to see that those guys have been the ones that have helped turn this around here at Elmwood in a big way?
5: I mean, you could see it from, you know, from their younger years, you could see it coming just because their work ethic, the sole senior class's work ethic of just, you just put basically just pin their ears back and going. And, you know, the no excuse mentality, um, you know, from them has been huge. And, you know, when your players basically just do whatever you ask them to do and do it the right way and do give you 100%, it makes life a lot easier as a coach. And, you know, when you do that as a program and your kids do that, you're going to win football games. And, you know, that's, you know, we're very proud of, what the senior class has accomplished over the last few years and the the direction they've pushed this program to. So, you know, they've, they've, they've set, you know, the standard very high and, you know, there's a lot of records they've set that probably won't be touched in a long time. So very proud of this group and very proud of everything they've done for this program.
1: This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports. I don't hear from the Frickers studios. Lance Morris, Matt Common. Talk with Elmwood Head Football Coach Greg Bishop. And taking a look at the opponent for this Friday night, Liberty Center. Still undefeated. They got a big win last week as well against Coldwater. What have been some of the things you've seen from them on film uh, getting ready for Friday?
5: The Liberty Center kids, they, they play hard. They're well coached. Um, they, you know, they, they're going to come after you and they're going to play four cores of physical football. So we have to come out as a, you know, as a team and, you know, defensively awfully set the tone that, you know, we're going to set the tone and we're going to get after them. And, but, you know, they're a very good football team. They're hard-nosed kids. So, you know, a lot of credit to them and their coaching staff. They're a very good football team.
2: And coach, obviously a, a year without cold water in this particular division and, region seems a little jarring to some people well what can you say about how this region has really grown over the past couple years where it's gone from just being a cold water and mac heavy thing to now teams like liberty center teams like you guys with elmwood teams like eastwood really making consistent steady runs at postseason play
5: well you know it's you know just the conferences where you know northwest ohio especially start you know this area is really starting to, you know, get better at football, you know, from a, you know, view from the outsider's perspective, I would say. You know, it's exciting to see so many schools, you know, around us, you know, especially the Northern Buckeye Conference, you know, two schools in the regional semifinals, you know, meeting up to play to go to the regional finals. So, you know, it just, it's grown, you know, with Tenora and some of those in Port Clinton, you know, Port Clinton dropping down, Tenora drop you know, coming up to our division. And, you know, there's a lot of good, traditionally good football schools in our region now. And it's very exciting to see you know, it's, it's really good football and, you know, every single week's a challenge and, um, you know, it just gets you prepared for the next step
1: for Liberty center there. They've been a very good team throughout the year and really they've only kind of similar to you guys. They've only had a handful of games that were really, really close. What are some of the big things or big uh, players you've seen from them that you're going to have to watch out for on Friday? You know, both,
5: both are running backs are really good players are both they both run hard and are very physical backs and their quarterback, he, he's probably the best wing T quarterback we've seen, um, you know, from a passing standpoint, he, he's, he's a really he's a pretty good passer for being, you know, being a wing T, you know, where they don't pass it a ton, but he's very effective when he does. And, you know, he's a really good athlete, too. He's a runner and can make you he can hurt you with his legs and their offensive line fires out and they play hard their defense, you know, they swarm the football and, you know, they put their foot in the ground, and they're coming after you and they're a really good football team so we're going to be ready to go and we have a lot of confidence in our kids and their ability
2: and coach obviously last week was the start of neutral sites for the postseason this year this week you guys are going to be at Perrysburg uh first time in a long time I think ever really for them actually hosting a a big event like this I, I I know you're familiar with the area what can you tell us about the atmosphere that you think you're going to see at Perrysburg Friday night
5: you know, we you know last week we had an unbelievable atmosphere. So you know we you know Royal Nation is very good about following us and, you know traveling well and you know, being loud. And, you know, a lot of our kids feed off that energy. and you know especially last week, it was an incredible atmosphere. And so you know we have comments that'll bring the same atmosphere, if not a little bit more intense. So we're excited about this Friday, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time. How much
1: does the fact that you you've mentioned Liberty Center likes to go wing tee? we know Eastwood has historically been, you know, also a wing T type team. How much does that help kind of with the week to week preparation that, yeah, there's going to be some subtle differences between the two teams, but overall it's the same idea as far as their offense.
5: You know, it it helps because, you know, it's, it's, they're very similar, you know, it's, you know, wing T can, you know, there's different types of wing T teams, but it's, you know, they run some similar things, you know, this is our fourth week team wing T team in a row with Delta, you know, First week, it's newer than Eastwood now Liberty Center. So you know we've kind of seen a whole gamut of different styles of wing tee, and um, you know we're we're ready to go. They throw a lot of formations at you, and, you know, try to out leverage in different ways, they do a good job of it. Uh, you know, call their coaches do a good job of trying to out leverage your defense, and so you know we're we will keep things you know basic so our kids can play smart and play, you know play fast and you know just get after them come Friday.
2: And, and you know, coach, always curious to talk with people when you they bring up the wing tee. Very fascinating, your thoughts. It, it seems like it's having this glorious renaissance return as of late. I mean, the, the wing T used to be relegated to just carry football and maybe like two or three other teams in Northwest Ohio. Really seems like it's kind of supplanted the spread in a lot of ways as the new like it offense once again. Uh, f- from a coach's perspective, what are some of the big takeaways that maybe the everyday v- – you know, fan, everyday spectator may not understand about the wing tee because usually people see it's like, oh, they're just playing old school. It's going to be boring. It's usually doesn't really end up that way. It's usually pretty exciting to watch a wing tee game.
5: Yeah, you know, it's, you know, football goes in cycles, especially offensively. It goes in cycles, you know, obviously spread's been, you know, you know, before spread, you know, I formation, you know, some wing tee stuff was very, you know, dominated. the spread, you know, it goes in cycles and wing tee's, you know, coming back. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, when they see that, they don't understand, um, basically, you know how how dynamic that offense can be, you know with the different formations, different motions, and you know a lot of eye candy they throw at you to try and get you, you know get you to misread their plays and you know, wing tee, it, it can be hard if you don't have you're not eye disciplined. it can it can cause for problems. So you know, just having your eyes, you know reading your keys is a main thing, but they do it, you know wing teas a lot of eye candy and a lot of misdirection, and you know, trying to get people to flow away from where they're actually going. So it's, it's, it's a difficult, you know, a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, you know, like you said, it's, they think it's just a smash mouth, you know, here they come offense, but you know, in a sense it is, but they do a lot. It's a very dynamic offense and there's a lot of different you know, ways to run it. And, you know, a lot of teams do it different ways and it can be very effective if, you know, if you're not disciplined defensively. You,
1: you mentioned before the uh, message to your guys and, you know, don't be satisfied and kind of having that kind of be the theme for the week what, what would you say uh to the fans and parents that might be out there listening whether they're making the trip to Parisburg or they're happening to be listening to us what what would be the uh message to them on uh you know how to support this team and what they should uh, be expecting on friday
5: just keep you know keep bringing it every friday you know every friday like you have been and just let's keep showing more more and more people showing up and you know we love the support and we love Royal nation so you know we're excited for their atmosphere they're gonna bring to us Friday.
2: And then million dollar question for me, Coach, because it's been a little while since I've uh, covered a Elmwood football game. I've done a few basketball games with you guys. So the real question: Does the castle display travel with you guys from the gym out onto the football field as well?
5: No, it does. It does not. It does not travel with us for football. It's a basketball thing.
2: Fair. Fair enough. I I, I figured shoot my
5: shot, see if that's gonna show up as well.
2: But no, that's <laughs> No problem.
5: This has been Elmwood head
1: football coach, Greg Bishop. Coach, thank you once again for taking the time to talk with us. Good luck on Friday against Liberty Center.
5: Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. We'll be back shortly with more here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports huddle from the Fricker Studios.
5: Think you can't qualify for a car loan because of your past credit, bankruptcy, divorce, even repossessions and charge-offs? Well, think again and turn the corner to Warner. Warner Buick GMC can help you find the money you need for a car. Call 419 429 6157. That's 419 429 6157. Or apply online at warnerbuickgmc.com. Let Warner help you get a car today. For price, selection, and service, Warner won't be beat. For over 100 years, ironworkers have been building America. Do you have what it takes to be an ironworker? Do you like to work with your hands? Do you like to be creative and solve problems? Do you like to be outdoors and don't mind getting dirty? With starting pay of $18 an hour and with medical and retirement benefits, there are ironworker jobs available in Northwest Ohio. To take your career to new heights, call the Ironworkers Local 55 Training Center at
2: 419-382-3080 and build a better future.
5: Come on now, you know you've heard of those famous breadsticks the ones oozing with cheese and a variety of other toppings
1: you can choose from that's right the ones from campus poly Ice, the world famous ones don't forget campus poly Ice for tasty subs pizza your favorite beer and even salads one of
5: finley's best kept secrets don't forget to try the house made ranch dressing getting your favorite goodie from campus poly Ice is easy located at 339 south blanchard street campus
2: poly Ice offers dine in carry out or delivery what you waiting on getting
0: the
3: kids to practice on time
1: Back we are on this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers studios. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you. Big thanks to Kevin Harris from Meet at Midfield, along with the comeback and awful announcing to talk Ohio State football and Elmwood head football coach Greg Bishop for joining us earlier on in the show. If you missed any part of our show or just want to hear it again, head over to WFB.com, click on the podcast page. You can hear today's show and our interviews and shows from past seasons. We might not physically be at the Frickers in Finley, Stop in for their daily specials. Monday, Boneless freaking Chicken Wings Day. Tuesday, freaking Chicken Wings Day. Tonight, their sirloin steak dinner. And Thursday, their freaking Chicken Chunks. Kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. You can pick up from the carryout window, dine in, or get delivery through DoorDash. Those daily specials are dine in only. Download the Frickers app to see more and to place an order. You can, of course, find them online at Frickers.com. And Matt, let's take a look at the NFL and we're heading into week ten of this season, so we're pretty much through about half of the NFL regular season. Since every team uh, now plays uh, seventeen games, so I'm gonna go through a few categories for you, and I would like to hear your thoughts on who some of these uh, award winners are at this point okay. in the year. Does that uh, does that sound good to you?
2: I mean, I guess. Mm, you guess. Okay. I suppose.
1: Let's uh let's start with uh let's start with the big one MVP. Who would you say is the MVP so far in the NFL?
2: Ooh. Starting off with a good one. Um right now I would say it's between four legitimate candidates. I'd say it's between Pat Mahomes, uh Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and Tua. Is actually my fourth. He's my dark horse. Um uh, if I had to pick today, I would probably pick Jalen Hurts just because of the absolute incredible turnaround In Philly, that's happened. I know he didn't look that great in the game Monday night, but he still looked decent. I mean, he he was not the reason they lost that game. He certainly wasn't the reason they could have won the game either. But I I would have to say Jalen Hurts. I think he's been the most consistent. I think he's been the most effective. Josh Allen would have been the front runner two weeks ago, but he seems to have um, kind of fallen off a bit of a cliff when it comes to making smart decisions with the football. Ah, uh, two is great, but how much of that is Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill versus Tua? And then with Pat Mahomes, he's got the LeBron James problem. Theoretically, Pat Mahomes could win the MVP every single year, and that's not me being a homer for Kansas City. I'm not the biggest Kansas City fan. It's just he's that good of a quarterback. So uh, he he runs the same problem. In theory, he could win it every season. So because of that, he does not get the love he probably should from the voters. So I'm going to say right now Jalen Hurts will be my MVP.
1: I don't have a strong opinion on MVP, but I do have a strong opinion on offensive player of the year just cuz it's typically it typically goes to the best, you know,
2: non-quarterback. But I, there there's exactly one choice. I say Tyreek Hill. I say Nicholas Jamal Chubb.
1: <laughs> I mean, the Dolphins' they're regardless of what 2 has done regardless of what Mike McDaniel has implemented without Tyreek Hill none of this happens
2: i mean you know what that's fair that that is really fair i i with Tyreek Hill my question becomes what came first the chicken or the egg kind of situation but with him it's what what contributed first the Mike McDaniel or the Tyreek Hill you know what I mean? I think it's, it's I think I mean, it's a combination Tyree of is, both because and that, and we've we've seen I, we've seen
1: Tyreek Hill be awesome with Kansas City too.
2: And that's fair and I think that's why he's a very good pick as well. But for me, I know there are 3 and 6 team right now. They've certainly not looked good at different stages to be candid they are without their 230 million dollar three first round draft pick and two or three second or third round draft pick quarterback. God, that trade just looks worse and worse every day, but it just looks worse every day. Um, oh, let's see here. Where was I going with that? But fact of the matter is, I think they'd be over without Nick Chubb. I think it's as simple as that. And, and when you are a running back in theory, splitting carries, being in games where you're down, so they have to resort to the passing game a little bit more and you're still first or second in every statistical category running the ball, it's the Derrick Henry thing. Derrick Henry won Offensive Player of the Year. Todd Gurley won Offensive Player of the Year because as running backs in systems that may not necessarily be running back super heavy, they're leading stat columns across the board. So for me, it's Nick Chubb. I wouldn't lose sleep if Tyreek Hill won it, though.
1: Switching gears to look at the defensive side of the football, who would you say is the defensive player of the year so far?
2: I mean, that's that's a bit of a tough one. That, that really is a tough one. There, there's a part of me that wants to go chalk and say, as of right now, somebody like Matthew Judon from New England leading the NFL almost 12 sacks. Um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson from Philly having six interceptions is certainly a good candidate as well. Can even make an argument for a guy like Jordan Brooks out of Seattle, leading the NFL in tackles. Uh, I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I'm going to go with a free agent who came in and has really helped stabilize and turn things around for a team defensively. I'm going Zadarius Smith with Minnesota. Maybe a bit of a wild card. I know a lot of people go someone like Micah Parsons or something like that, and a good candidate, or even a Nick Bosa, who's, eh, it's Nick Bosa, but... (laughs) Uh, Darius Smith I mean jumping from Green Bay to Minnesota and comes in right away nine and a half sacks he's forced a couple fumbles but more importantly he's really locked down that outside edge rush position opposite of Daniil Hunter and he, he's really helped make that defense go from a bend and then eventually break defense to a bend but don't break so if he keeps a stat line up and the Vikings keep winning in the manner that they do, I- I'm going to go with Darius Smith. I think he's a very good candidate for it.
1: So some of these next couple we'll talk about, I'll have strong opinions on, and those ones that I do, I will let those opinions be known. And one of those is for Coach of the Year, because similar to Offensive Player of the Year, I, I don't see how it's not Mike McDaniel so far.
2: Yeah, The only other candidate that makes sense is Kevin O'Connell from Minnesota, being eight and one. Yeah, Uh, Nick Nick Sirianni, I mean, he certainly would make a good argument with Philadelphia. I think it's between those three is really one of those three is most likely going to win it. Everyone else has kind of just been at par for the course. Haven't really seen any of the other new coaches really jump up in a big way besides O'Connell Uh, Robert Sala what he's done with the Jets that might be another possibility yeah but they got to finish what they've started it's they definitely need to finish what they've started I I don't think Brian Dable um, only reason being he's done a good job but when you have Saquon Barkley it's how much of a job do you really need to do Uh, (laughs) at that point so he's done pretty good but I I don't think the Giants can sustain it So for me, I'm with you. It's either Mike McDaniel, Kevin O'Connell, Nick Sirianni, or maybe Robert Sala. But just like Dabble, Sala's got to finish it off. They got to win the AFC East if he wants to have a shot. For me, it's really between McDaniel and um, O'Connell.
1: So the next ones I have are more more opinion-based than the other ones, because the other ones are actual awards you can win, whereas these ones are just kind of opinions and feelings most surprising player of the year i i think it kind of has to be geno smith because nobody expected that
2: who who doesn't pick geno smith i mean geno smith he's making a valid argument for mvp i mean he's right now fifth in the nfl almost 2500 yards passing his efficiency is through the roof and let's not discredit the fact that He came into the league, looked like a monumental bust when he was with the Jets for those fleeting moments that he got some starting opportunities. And then he's been a journeyman quarterback ever since. And I know a lot of people rolled their eyes when Seattle said, nah, we're good with Geno Smith as our quarterback. I was one of them. I was like, sure, sure. You're good with Geno Smith as your quarterback. It just means CJ Stroud is your quarterback next year. That's fine. But you know what? They actually are pretty good with C- with uh, Geno Smith as their quarterback. I, I would, I- I'd be shocked if anyone else would be in the most surprising category because uh, other players that are like coming back from injuries or coming back from health things, yeah, you knew what you would get with them. Nobody expected this from Geno Smith, and he is a very legitimate conversation for MVP this season.
1: And on the same wavelength, most surprising team will go in a positive way because I have a disappointing team later. So most surprising team in a positive way. I mean, I think part of it's the Dolphins just because of what they've done, especially with their offense. But I think you also have to look at the Eagles, even though they just lost for the first time. I thought they were going to be good. I didn't think they'd start out as really dominant
2: as they had throughout the first half of the year. I I think those are good, two good picks. I I will be candid. They're not my pick. Mine's the Minnesota Vikings, The Minnesota Vikings are number one in the NFC North. They're now tied for the number one seed in the NFC. And let's not kid ourselves. There was a lot of people that thought the Kevin O'Connell or O'Connell hire was a mistake they they thought it was going to be John Jim Harbaugh coming back to the NFL when it wasn't they thought it'd be someone else so they kind of thought he was a mistake up there but it's turned out he's a great fit for their system kirk kirk cousins has become kirk thuggins all of a sudden and is actually playing like a quarterback that can close games out and that they're they're winning against good teams. They're not just beating up bottom feeder teams in the NFL. They beat the Bills. They've beaten the Packers, who are a good team, even though the record doesn't reflect. They they've done a lot of things that very few people would anticipate from a first year team. I, I would say Miami, but they were good last year too under Brian Flores. That they, they were still good last year as well so they they may not have been able to finish the job off, but they were still competitive. same thing with philly they they were still competitive, but the the Vikings were you know kind of bottom run. They were right there with the Bears as a bottom run team in the nFC North and now they're they look the real deal i I would make an argument that I think the Vikings are going to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC switching
1: gears for disappointing who would be the most disappointing player so far this year whether it's because they got hurt or they just haven't played as good as you think they maybe can or should have
2: Who? well that that's actually a tough call um if i were to go most disappointing i would say as a player honestly as a player in a team probably going to be kyler murray and the cardinals yeah i mean kyler murray gets this huge contract holds out or does a pseudo hold out actually never really held out he just deleted instagram folder pictures i mean it was just nothing ridiculous but he gets a big contract he has that stupid clause in his contract that everyone made fun of that now has been removed And there's a valid discussion in Arizona, whether or not when he's healthy again, if they let him get the job back over Colt McCoy, that's all you need to know right there. But when the discussion is our 200 plus million dollar quarterback is going to get back from injury here soon, or the 34 year old journeyman backup quarterback, we like the journeyman a little bit more right now because he's actually being competitive and frankly knows the playbook. It's not an improv class with him. So I I would say Kyler Murray. I think also in that discussion, if we're gonna go most disappointing, would probably be Trevor Lawrence as well. I mean, stat-wise, he looks decent, but I, I think between all the free agent moves they made, the fact they brought in Doug Peterson as the new head coach did some good things along the offensive line i the fact that he still just looks okay i i think a lot of the shine has been taken off of the trevor lawrence glory and hope that he's going to be the greatest quarterback out of that class i mean really right now it looks like justin fields is going to run away with that the way he's been playing the past few weeks so i i'd say kyler murray or trevor lawrence two of our most recent number one overall picks probably fall under the most disappointing category so far for this season. I really expected a big sophomore year from Lawrence, and we just have not gotten that yet.
1: Yeah, I think I think there's still time for Lawrence just because... There, there is. I think, I think you have to throw away his first year. So this is essentially his rookie
2: year. It, it, and that is fair. That, that's why I said I, I could make an argument for Lawrence to be my most disappointing, but I, I feel he's got a little bit more of a grace period here with that because it does he does have a new head coach a new system he finally got Travis ETN back and he he's looked pretty good since he's been a hundred percent they're probably still a receiver and maybe another offensive lineman short from okay now you have all the pieces in place you really should start winning games now but but I'll put it like this he's got some breathing room he's he's getting close to running out of breathing room before you have to start Potentially throwing the word "bust" around, and as
1: far as disappointing team, I would go homerish and just say the Chargers, just because they're five and four. But the expectations would be were like that the Chiefs were one and the Chargers were one a, and maybe they can pull something out and have a big win this coming weekend when they play Kansas City. So they've been disappointing, and it's almost entirely because of injuries. But in terms of just straight disappointing, I don't see how you look any further than the Rams at three and six, and the Packers at four and six, with uh, Aaron Rodgers having back-to-back MVPs to his credit.
2: Yeah, uh, with with respect to fearless leader Dan Kopnik, my picks the Green Bay Packers. I mean, you yes, losing Devonte Adams hurts it should not have hurt this dramatically. I think really what we're seeing is Aaron Rodgers is at that Peyton Manning in Denver era. He's had a couple amazing seasons stat-wise, but I I think the floor has finally fallen out from under him on that one where if I'm a Packers fan, I'll just call it as is. I'm banging the drum for Jordan Love to get some reps because this season is not it. You might as well see what you have with him because you're going to be drafting high enough. You might get someone else if he's not the guy. So it might be time. And that's crazy to think about with Aaron Rodgers that it might be time for that. By the same token, same thing could be said for Tampa Bay. I mean, you bring in Julio Jones, you re-sign a lot of people, you get some good trades, you have a good offseason. Brady comes back. Everyone thought they were going to roll. And I'll be a bit of a homer here. They've looked very pedestrian this year. I think Brady has the same situation. So if there's any retirements between Brady and Aaron Rodgers, I don't expect any magical comebacks from either one of them next season. I think they might actually hang it up. But if we're going truly disappointing, I'm going to have to stick with the the Cardinals. I really am. I mean, you make a good argument for the Rams defending Super Bowl champions, Bengals, AFC champs both of them struggling a little bit, but the Rams, you knew it was coming. You, you trade year after year after year of draft picks over and over and over again for very talented, but also very veteran players. Eventually, you're just going to be too old, and they're kind of hitting that stage. Plus, Matt Stafford really doesn't have anyone to throw to anymore. He he had Odell Beckham and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's injured, Robert Woods, the Titan, and Odell Beckham is currently trying to play, you know, the Bachelorette with four separate teams when he's still recovering from his ACL injury. So it's not terribly surprising. For me, it's the Cardinals. It absolutely is the Cardinals. They had so many people picking them after the Marquise Brown trade as they're going to be the team in the NFC West. And honestly, I think they're going to blow it up after this season. I really do. I am not sure if kingsbury survives this so it, it'll be curious to see but right now they're my most disappointing
1: this is the nwo orthopedics sports auto here from the frickers studios on espn 143 am 105.7 fm wfob classic it's 96.7 wbvi lance morris matt common here with you big thanks to kevin harris from me at midfield along with awful announcing and the comeback for joining us to talk ohio state football and elmwood head football coach greg bishop for joining us earlier on in the show and Sticking with the NFL and switching to looking ahead to this coming week of games, Thursday, you have Titans versus Packers. So we just uh, talked a whole bunch about the Packers. But on Sunday, we have Bears, Falcons, Browns versus the Bills, Eagles versus Jeff Saturday in the Colts. Jets take on the Patriots for the second time. Lions versus Giants, Cowboys, Vikings, Bengals versus Steelers, second time they're matching up as well. Same thing for Chiefs versus Chargers. That's the Sunday night game. And then Monday night will feature the Niners and the Cardinals, the Dolphins, Seahawks, Bucks, and Jags all on a bye this weekend. What are what are some of the big games you're looking forward to for this weekend?
2: Uh, well, honestly, I'm looking forward to the Jeff Saturday Colts. Um that they are an oddly fun team to watch. Having said that. The level of disrespectful that was by Ursa, just bringing someone in from outside is absurd. I, I can understand it to a point, but you mean to tell me there's not a single coordinator there's not a single position coach on your staff that could do that job. Gus That's, Bradley was, is not he their defensive coordinator? Gus Bradley, I believe still is their defensive coordinator and yeah, he's been a head coach. He's been certainly cave. It's, the, the, the point is, J, Jim Ursay did a, did an Ursay move. That's just, he's one of those owners that gets in his own way and does stupid things. Hats off to him that the first week it actually worked. I mean, good good on him for that one and good for Jeff Saturday. I mean, this certainly puts him in the discussion for coaching jobs in the future, if not as the permanent coach, if things go decent for Indy the rest of the way out. But I'm looking forward, I'm curious to see how that game is going to shake out. Very curious to see because that's a uh, Colts Falcons, right? It is uh Colts Eagles Eagles. Okay, which will because I was say for a briefly moment, it's like that is Matt Ryan's return to Atlanta as well. But <laughs> yeah, no, not uh, not, not not this week. But I'm curious to see how the Eagles respond after a loss in a short week as well against a team that seems to be getting some moxie their way. Um, it, some of the our games are certainly interesting. I think this is kind of a down week. For games, I, truthfully, I think the Bills, after a tough loss, are just going to come out and beat the ever-loving snot out of Cleveland. I, I, I'm, I'm mortified at what that game's going to look like for Cleveland fans because it's it's just not going to go well. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some there's some definitely some good games out there. I'm, I'm curious to see how most of them shake out because I really think that they're good but not great games. But more importantly, there's a lot of games out there that may give you an indicator of where these top-tier teams actually stand. Buffalo against Cleveland, honestly, Buffalo should blow the doors off of the Browns this year. But if that one's competitive, maybe Buffalo's a lot more human than people realize. Minnesota game, that should be a good win for them. But if it's close and competitive, maybe they're not as built to win as we think they are. Same thing with Philly. Same thing with um Uh, San Francisco is also playing this week, right?
1: San Francisco has the Cardinals on Monday night.
2: Honestly, for San Francisco, they've been a deceptively good team. That's one that I'd pay attention to because we'll see if Colt McCoy can keep it going for the Cardinals, but we'll also see if Jimmy Garoppolo can keep it going for the 49ers, who are certainly looking like they may be in the Deshaun Watson conversation of good God, we traded a lot of stuff for a guy that might still be our backup for the next few years. So Deshaun Watson's not backup, but Trey Lance certainly in his fleeting moments did not look the part just yet, whereas Jimmy Garoppolo has them competitive. So we'll see. Again, some good games out there. I'm definitely definitely going to be paying attention to a few of them because, you know, don't really need to worry about the Browns game. I think we both know how that's going to play out. And Tampa has a bye week, so yeah actually just to get to sit down and enjoy the games for a change.
1: <laughs> with that, we'll set aside for a quick timeout. We'll come back shortly with more here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios.
2: Great news, Fostoria. The new watershed near the corner of 4th and Finley streets is now open. This watershed offers another convenient location in the southwest corner of town to
3: purchase pure water. You can also use the watershed off of Plaza Drive. Both watersheds are open 24-7 every day of the year. So grab your quarters and your containers and head to the closest watershed near you. For more info, go to
2: nwwsd.org.
1: Seneca Millwork is now hiring. They have third shift general labor positions available with a starting pay of $17.51 an hour with a 25 cent shift differential for the third shift. Seneca Millwork offers medical, vision, dental, life insurance, and a 401k contribution. Apply online at SenecaMillwork.com or apply online through Indeed. Come work at Seneca Millwork located at 300 Court Place in Faustoria and part of the Ropey Holding Company family. Back we are on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios on ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB Classic. It's 96.7 WBVI. Lance Morris, Matt Common, hanging out with you here. Big thanks to Kevin Harris. Meet at midfield, along with Awful Announcing and the comeback, for joining us to talk Ohio State football, and Elmwood head football coach Greg Missoff for joining us earlier on in the show. If you missed any part of today's show or just want to hear it again, head over to WFB.com, click on the podcast page. You can hear today's show and our shows and interviews from past seasons. And we are not physically at the Frickers in Finley, but stop in for their daily specials. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings day. Tuesday, frickin' chicken wings day. Tonight, you can get their sirloin steak dinner. Thursday, frickin' chicken chunks. Kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. You can pick up from the carryout window, dine in, or get delivery through DoorDash. All daily specials are dine in only. Download the Frickers app to see more and to place an order. You can also find them online at Frickers.com. And, Matt, let's take a look now while we have some time at the NBA, as we're now about a month into their season. In the East, top four teams right now: the Celtics, Bucks, Hawks, and the Cavs. In the West, so far, top teams: the Trailblazers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, and the Grizzlies. So far, who, what, what team or what player have you been uh,
2: most impressed with so far this season? Spider. It's not a debate. <laughs> who could? Who else could it be? I mean, the Cavs swing for the fences with a big trade for Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell comes out and is averaging about 32 points a game now for them. I mean, you knew he was a, a scoring weapon in Utah. You knew he was gonna be good. You knew he was gonna come in and contribute. I don't think anyone out there actually realized how good of a fit he was for this Cavalier squad. I know I didn't. I thought he'd be good. It was one of those where it's like, man, he, he's a good player. I'm not sure he's worth as much as everyone was t- saying we had to give up for him. But, but man, he's just a perfect fit. I, I mean he he's been phenomenal. I've been paying attention to him quite a bit. Um, the the Cavs, just in general, really been paying attention to them. It's the that eight game winning streak they had was remarkable. They looked very competitive and dominant. So but been certainly putting the focus on them, and you know. Well, looking at some of the rookies, seeing some of these uh younger guys starting to step up and take over their teams, and also seeing what Cade Cunningham's doing in Detroit because his entire bonus was set to Bitcoin. It's a bad day. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a really bad day for him and his signing bonus. But yeah, I mean, I've been paying attention to them. Uh, a lot of the drama stuff going on in the NBA. I I, I like the soap opera element to the nba more than anything else so i've been definitely paying attention to the Kyrie irving situation the the nets as a whole just that absolute days of our lives dallas episode and but really but really just shocked by the Cavs. i thought they'd be good i have no 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 idea they were going to be as good as they've looked at different points so far this season yeah, I'm
1: I'm pretty much right there with you with the Cavs. I thought it would be a good addition for Donovan Mitchell. I didn't think it would be basically a, a picture perfect fit as it has been so far. Yeah, they they're on a, a four-game skid as we mentioned, but I think it's I think it's something they're going to be able to work through pretty uh pretty easily once once the season uh continues. You want to you want to get those skids out of the way early so that way they don't pop up later doesn't always work that way but at least that's the uh that's the mindset you go in with uh with that on and we're not going to I refuse to talk any more nets we we don't need to give them any extra time we no, just
2: it's, just it's, for just, so many reasons just pop the popcorn and enjoy the show it's it's as simple as that for them but no we don't need to give them any more airtime
1: uh disappointed with uh so far i mean I think you got to look right at the Lakers at three and 10 so far as a disappointment. Um, I mean, that's kind of front and center. I think, yeah, the golden state warriors are six and eight right now. I'm, I'm not going to put too much stock in that personally. I think they're going to be just fine. uh, Once, uh, once they get some of their young guys, some more time, some more seasoning and we'll, we'll adjust. I think you have to look front and center at the Lakers for most disappointing and also, I'm the impressed with the Jazz are ten and six, and that's just not gonna last. It's just not. They have some good players that they got from some of these trades, but at some point, that's going to fall off in in a very big way.
2: I'll tell you what. We'll start with the Jazz real quick. On my, end. I don't think so. I think they got a good coaching setup there. They got a good foundation. They do still have some players there that were part of the you know the era with Rudy and Donovan Mitchell. But the the, the players they got back are very, very good complimentary players to each other. And I mean, I, I always mess up his name, the Laurie Markanian. Am I or Lowry Markkinen?
1: Markkinen. Him. Sure.
2: It's that's not a that fine. Hard. I'm saying it for you.
1: <laughs> if you could say Giannis Antetokounmpo,
2: you can say Lowry Markinen. Fun fact, I can't say that. <laughs> So, anyway, the fact that he's averaging about twenty three a night for them. I mean, they're they're getting good team play. They're not having the superstars, but they're getting good team play. I think it's sustainable, like maybe as a five through eight seed once they get to postseason time. But yeah, I'm hundred percent with you. The disappointment's the Lakers. I mean, you have a star studded lineup. You have literally top to bottom superstars, and they they just can't do anything. I mean, bless LeBron's heart. He's one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player of all time. He continues to demonstrate that he is the worst general manager in the history of the league. Every single time he is put in a position to potentially make personnel decisions, I mean, it's I I love LeBron. I'm very uh, he he gets his jersey retired. He gets the statue here in Cleveland. And I'd love nothing more than for the Cavs to draft Bronny and he comes back for one final run kind of situation. But at the end of the day, that make no mistake about it, LeBron James, maybe the best player of all time. Equally true, he may be the worst general manager in the history of the NBA. I'm it's gonna... just I, full stop. Every team that he's gone to with the exception of the Cavs when he left the second time. With the exception of the, the Big Three Heat. Well, even the exception of the Big Three Heat, they, they didn't get back to the finals until they had a new Big Three.
1: With yeah, that, yeah, Well, yeah, because they are
2: they had a lot of their assets gone I because know. of the Well, of that's LeBron. what I'm getting at. It's when... When LeBron James is involved in the personnel decisions, you lose a lot of assets, a lot of trade bait. You end up with a very, very bloated roster.
1: Well, and it's it a testament to that is the fact that after the Cavs made the trade where they got rid of Kyrie, but after that, they basically said, no, LeBron, I don't think we're going to make another deal because we don't think you're going to be here past this year and they turned out to be very incredibly right. And that has helped them get to the point where they are now. And then they do flip some of those assets they have in both players and in draft picks. And they turned it into Donovan Mitchell.
2: Yeah. And they turned it into Donovan Mitchell while still maintaining Evan Mobley, Darius Garland. Uh, personally, between the two of them, I would prefer that they kept the guy they drafted this year over Isaac Okoro. But. Beggars can't be choosers kind of situation. But they, they've kept three of their last first round picks on top of getting Donovan Mitchell. So it, it's the, the the Cavs have done a remarkable job. So I'd say that's the only exception. That's because Kobe Altman finally said no. <laughs> so that's uh I, the the Lakers are definitely most disappointing so far. And if I'm LeBron James, I'm thinking of trying to hit the exit door as quickly as possible.
1: It'll just about do it for us here tonight. Big thanks to Kevin Harris from Mead at Midfield, along with the comeback and awful announcing for joining us to talk Ohio State football, and Elmwood Head football coach Greg Bishop for joining us on the show. Stay tuned in on WFOB for Cleveland Cavaliers basketball. The Cavs on the road to take on the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll join them hopefully right before they tip off in Milwaukee. For my broadcast partner, Matt Common, this is Lance Moore signing off from the Fricker Studios for the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your night, everybody.